Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. And there's something you may not know about me, but I was a collegiate runner back in the 80s and a high school runner in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s. In fact, I was part of the first ever women's cross-country team because they only had the men's cross-country team in high school in Michigan. And we actually had to wear the boys' uniforms because there was no women's team. So we trained with the boys. And our team went on to win the state championship. That was in 4A, so it was like a big deal. And then I went on to get a full scholarship to run at the University of Hawaii. I ran distance, mile to mile. I also ran cross country. I ran the marathon there in Honolulu. I also won all the 10K races. In fact, in USA Today, they had a little subtitle for Hawaii, the fastest woman in Hawaii, Karen Curtis. My dad read that while sitting at his desk at the Fisher Building at General Motors in Detroit. So as a runner, I was not Olympic caliber. I missed the Olympic trials for the marathon. It was the first time they allowed women to run the marathon in the Olympics in 1984. I ran the Honolulu Marathon in 2.53, and I think I needed a 2.52 to qualify for the trials. And they said you can subtract 10 minutes from your time uh, if you run the Honolulu Marathon because it's so hot, humid, and rainy and horrible that it it makes it more difficult. So I tried to qualify in the final race where I could qualify the Boston Marathon for the Olympic trials. And so I flew from Hawaii to Boston and I ran in 40 degree weather. It was sleeting and it's all downhill by the way, except for the heartbreak hill. Uh, And I ran a 309. So I didn't qualify for the Olympic marathon, but I tried. And There was a nun who beat me. She ran a 252. I think she qualified for the Olympic trials. I don't think she ran in a habit though, but I was like, she was 54 years old and a nun. And I'm like, wow, good for her. She had God on her side. So back in that time of running, there were lots of stars. There was Zola Budd. I don't know if you remember her, but she was a South African middle distance and long distance runner. And she competed in the 1984 Olympic Games for Great Britain. By the way, I was working for KGU Radio in Honolulu in 1984, and I went over to Los Angeles and also worked for CNN during the Olympic Games with Nick Charles. I don't know if you remember him. He was like this Greek god sports guy for CNN. And I was his floor director. And he would interview athletes from the Olympics. And then I would take the athletes to a payphone and I would interview them and put them on the radio in Hawaii and KGU. Some of the athletes to win gold at the Summer Olympics in 1984 in Los Angeles were Edwin Moses and also Evelyn Ashford, both runners, Joan Benoit, which I'll tell you all about, and Julianne McNamara in gymnastics. She took home the gold as well. Anyway, that was fun. So Zola Budd, she competed in the 1984 Games for Great Britain and in 1992, the Olympic Games for South Africa, both times in the 3,000 meters. But you might remember another runner named Mary Decker Tab, or Mary Decker. Zola Budd was known for running barefoot too, by the way, which was really interesting because no one ran barefoot. I, I had a Nike sponsorship. Nike sponsored me, so you always had to wear their shoes when you were running 
in public. And um, sure, she had a sponsorship, but she preferred to run barefoot. She must have had some serious calluses. But in the 3,000 meters, it was the final was set to run at sunset on the Friday, on the last Friday of the Olympic Games in 1984 in L.A. And Decker Tab was poised to win the gold for America. She had been denied the chance four years earlier. And amid the international crowd of runners was 18-year-old South African Zola Budd. She was wearing shoes this time. I mean, she famously ran barefoot, but this time she had on spikes. So because South Africa was still under apartheid, it was banned from the Olympics. So Zola had a grandfather from Britain and was able to obtain citizenship and run for Great Britain. And the press really hyped the Decker-Budd matchup, nearly to the exclusion of most of the other fast runners. So Mary Decker-Tab led most of the way, and in mid-race, Zola Budd made her move and tried to take the lead coming out of the fourth turn, which turned into a single car spin out into the infield. It was Mary Decker Tab who went tumbling in her red uniform into the infield. A single car spin puts us back under caution. Her prospects of winning the gold medal shattered. Remember, in 1980, the U.S. boycotted the Olympics, so she couldn't run then. She was really in her prime in 1984, and then she fell. <laughs> And I just want to digress momentarily to talk about Zola Bud not wearing shoes because you can get something called plantar fasciitis. It's like when you rip your arch muscle away from your heel. It's very painful. And I had that problem. I was running down Mount Tantalus on Oahu and I ripped my arch wearing my Nikes. So I was in the training room and I was getting a cortisone shot in my arch so that I could run, you know, and continue running even injured. And next to me is Tom Selleck. Yeah, he was in the show Magnum P.I. at the time I went to college in Hawaii. In fact, I was on two of his shows as an extra, like a shrub in the background. One of them was our whole track team was in the background. It was about a Russian track athlete who was a defector, and we're like running around. They even gave us uniforms. It was awesome. Well, Tom's in our women's training room getting a cortisone shot in his hamstring. He pulled it. He used to play volleyball with our women's volleyball team, which were national champions. They were very good. And it was like, yeah, hey, Tom, how you doing? I have to say, I didn't cry, but he did. <laughs> but if you want to check me out on one of the episodes, it was called All Roads Lead to Floyd with Noah Beery. And in one scene, I'm sitting at a table with my pretend husband and Tom Selleck is talking with the waitress in front of us. Pretty cool. Anywho, there was another runner back at that time as well who ran the marathon, and her name was Joan Benoit. In 1979, she entered the Boston Marathon as a relative unknown. She won the race wearing a Boston Red Sox cap in two hours, 35 minutes, and 15 seconds. So you see that's like a whole 20 minutes faster than what I was capable of running. That's like sub 520 miles. That's really fast. Knocking eight minutes off the competition record, and in 1981, she captured the U.S. 10,000-meter championship, posting a time of 33.37. My best 10,000 meters was 35.10. So despite having surgery on her Achilles two years earlier, she repeated her marathon success with a victory in 1983, setting the course record in 222. That took more than two minutes off the world's best time, and it was set by Norway's Greta Weitz. In London, at the London Marathon, I ran against Greta Weitz in the Legs Mini Marathon in New York. I had won a race in Kauai, and the prize was a trip to New York. We stayed at the St. Regis, and there was a phone in the bathroom, and I remember I was, like, fascinated by that. 
and the race was a 10K around Central Park. And so there I am. There's a picture of me lined up almost next to Greta Weitz, who smoked me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was... I ran like a 36-something, and she probably beat me by five minutes. Remember Legs pantyhose? They came in an egg, a plastic egg. Well, this was sponsored by Legs. It's a Legs mini marathon. Whatever happened to those pantyhose? But what I wanted to tell you was that Greta Weitz and Joan Benoit were the top contenders for the Olympic marathon in 1984. And as I told you, it was the first time that women got to run the marathon in the Olympics. And it was in 1984. And Joan Benoit won the first Olympic women's marathon in 224, several hundred meters ahead of Greta Weitz. That was amazing. Let me digress a moment and say while the NCAA is now allowing transgender women who were born male and have become female to compete, especially in running events. We've only been able to run the marathon in the Olympics since 1984, and now you've got biological men running against us. It just somehow doesn't seem like we've had enough time to be a contender. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Marlon Brando, when he was cute on the waterfront. Could have been a contender, but there was a guy running. One name, Bruce Jenner. By the way, there's a man who ran under two hours, the marathon under two hours, but the marathon wasn't sanctioned, so it's not an actual world record. But that's how fast men can run the marathon. Sebastian Coe used to run it in like 2.06, and they would have to... They would read him his last rites when he crossed the finish line. He was like, dead. That's what my coach used to say. If you can still stand up and breathe after you cross the finish line, you didn't run hard enough. <laughs> anyway, so those are all really good runners. So now I want to tell you about another runner. The 1980 Boston Marathon, there was a runner named... Rosie Ruiz today denied that she cheated to become the women's winner in Monday's Boston Marathon. But she faced tough questioning from critics who believe she may have given new meaning to the biblical observation, the race is not to the swift. So Rosie Ruiz, an unknown, ran the New York Marathon and qualified to run the Boston Marathon, which she ran and won it in 1980. No one is sure how she did it, but this unknown runner came out of nowhere ahead of all the other women. I just saw someone stumble out of the crowd uh, in front of me across the street. This was on Commonwealth Ave. Probably about a half mile from the finish. Um, she was in track clothes and wearing a number, but I thought someone had just sort of stumbled into the race. Maybe somebody was a little crazy or something. Everyone was looking at her like she's got these pouty, flabby thighs. She didn't look like a runner. I was running 100 miles a week. I weighed 100 pounds. Your body fat is like zero. So Rosie Ruiz grew up in South Florida. So there's your Florida connection. Thus, Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. She committed some crimes here in Florida as well, and I'll get into that. But her biggest crime was when she stole the win at the Boston Marathon. In fact, she ditched the 26-mile course shortly after the start. She allegedly hopped in a cab, then reemerged with about a mile and a half to go and was immediately crowned the women's winner. I doubt that she can do one mile at the speed she did the Boston Marathon. Her winning time, two hours and 31 minutes. It was among the fastest in history. So there was no prize money to be had back then, no Nike contract, no lucrative feminine hygiene ads like for legs, 
pantyhose, and Ruiz was barely winded. I mean, she was unknown with conspicuously flabby thighs, and she drew suspicion from the outset. Like I said, most elite marathoners have the body fat of a coat hanger. It took eight days for her to be investigated and disqualified, and still she refused to give back the gold medal. So that was in the Boston, but officials later learned she'd also cheated in the New York Marathon the year before, and there, witnesses said that she took the subway in mid-race. Although she kept a low profile by smartly choosing to finish a little further back in the pack, she didn't win it. So what became of Rosie Ruiz? Two years after the Boston, she was working as a bookkeeper for a real estate firm when she absconded with $60,000 in company cash and checks. That was in Manhattan. She got five years probation. And then a year after that, she was busted in Miami for trying to sell two kilos of high-grade Colombian cocaine to undercover cops. Detectives said that she was part of an all-female drug ring. And again, she got probation. So I guess cheaters don't prosper. But at the time she was running marathons, she was working as a secretary at a commodities trading firm in Manhattan when she stunned the running world by being the first woman to cross the finish line in the Boston Marathon at 2 hours, 31 minutes and 56 seconds. It would have been the third fastest time ever recorded by a woman in a marathon. And of course, suspicions about her victory arose immediately. Spotters had not seen her at checkpoints along the 26-mile course. There's people monitoring the course. In fact, I remember when I ran the Boston, you run through Wellesley, the girls' college, and they make a little tunnel. They hold their hands up high and you run through their arms and scream in your ear. It's a lot of fun. Ah! It's actually called the Wellesley College Scream Tunnel. Ah! No, that's the famous Wilhelm scream from the movies. (laughs) Anyway. After the race, she told a television interviewer that she had only run one other marathon, the 1979 New York City Marathon, and that she had finished that race in 2.56. So, ha-ha, I beat her. So, you improved from 2 hours and 56 minutes to 2 hours and 31 minutes, the interviewer asked. This is, like, unbelievable. Rosie Ruiz, the women's winner in the Boston Marathon today with a time of 2.31 and change. Now, we don't know how many seconds that is. It may be a new American record. Um, what, was, what was the time in your first ever marathon, and where was it? It was 2 hours and 56 minutes and 33 seconds in New York last year. And so, you improved from 2, two hours and 56 minutes to 2 hours and 31 minutes. What, I what, guess so. What do you attribute that improvement in time to? Um, I don't know. Uh, Have you been doing a lot of heavy intervals? Um, Someone else asked me that. I'm not sure what intervals are. (laughs) What are they? Well, intervals are are track workouts that are designed to make your speed improve dramatically. And if you went from a 256 to a 231, one would normally expect that you'd do a lot of speed work. Is is someone coaching you or advising you? Uh, No, I advise myself. (laughs) Well, it was a fantastic performance, Rosie. Congratulations. Rosie Ruiz, the mystery woman winner. We missed her at all our checkpoints. She came through the finish in a fantastic 2.31. We have to confirm that time at this point. But she was way ahead of the world-class field here today in the Boston Marathon. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you. So that was an incredulous television commentator, Catherine Switzer, who was interviewing Rosie Ruiz after her apparent win at the Boston Marathon. And Switzer knew her stuff because she was one of the first women ever to run the Boston Marathon. So she knew how to train for it. In 1967, Switzer became the first woman to run the Boston Marathon as an officially registered competitor. And during her run, the race manager repeatedly assaulted her, trying to grab her bib number and stop her from competing. 
meeting. And then he knocked down her trainer and her fellow runner, Arnie Briggs, who was trying to protect her. Finally, the race manager, his name was Jock Semple, was shoved to the ground by Switzer's boyfriend, Thomas Miller, who was running with her as well. And she completed the race. Women are still fighting against men to run. So who was the actual first woman to run the Boston Marathon unofficially? Bobby Gibb entered the marathon unofficially in 1966 before Switzer. I heard she ran like a girl. But Rosie Ruiz pointed out something really, really intelligent after her win at the Boston. I do not believe that there is enough coverage for women in any of the races. I believe that maybe after this, whether you prove me guilty or not, which I am not, there will be more coverage of women crossing the finish line during 26 miles. It's not fair. It's not fair. She kept the medal from the Boston Marathon for 39 years, and a new one finally was made for the actual winner. She maintained that she had completed and won the race fair and square. But in 1996, Steve Merrick, the defender of Ruiz's, who led a running club in Westchester, said that several months after the marathon, she admitted to him that she had cheated. With Steve Merrick, president of the running club she joined only a week before the Boston race, Ruiz went before a hostile press in New York to defend her performance. If this is a carnival, I'm taking her out, believe me. The 26-year-old administrative assistant denied that she cheated in the Boston Marathon or in the New York race that qualified her to run in Boston. Ruiz declined the offer of a New York newspaper to run the same distance again for $1,000, but said she was willing to take a lie detector test to prove that she did not cheat. I had one minute to feel that I had won the race, and every moment after that has been a nightmare. If they take my title away from me, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. So Ruiz's claim about the New York race quickly unraveled. And Susan Morrow, she was a freelance photographer, she came forward to tell the New York Times that she had been on the subway with Ruiz during the marathon and that Ruiz had told her that she dropped out of the 10-mile mark with an injured ankle. And after leaving the subway, Ms. Morrow said that they walked to the finish line and watched Greta Weitz win the women's race. The New York City Marathon officials invalidated Ruiz's time after reviewing videotapes showing that Ruiz had not crossed the finish line in the time she had mistakenly been assigned by a volunteer who thought Ruiz was an injured runner. Now, days later, Ruiz's victory in Boston was also nullified. Race organizers there based their decision on about 10,000 photographs taken along the last mile of the race. In addition, at least one witness recalled seeing Ruiz enter the course at Kenmore Square, about a mile from the finish line. The evidence proved that the Canadian runner, Jacqueline Garot, had won the race. After being stripped of her win, Ruiz said that I can truthfully and honestly say without hesitation that today has been the second saddest day of my life. (laughs) Only to be surpassed by the day I had to leave my father in my native country 18 years ago. Ruiz, of course, was born in Havana, Cuba. June 21st, 1953, she left Cuba for Florida when she was only eight years old. She attended Wayne State College in Nebraska for three years before moving to Manhattan without having graduated. She soon faced legal problems. She was charged in 1982 with grand larceny and forgery, accused of stealing cash and checks from the real estate firm where she'd been a broker. She was sentenced 
sentenced to a week in jail and five years probation. In 1983, having moved back to Florida, she was arrested on charges of attempting to sell cocaine to undercover agents at a hotel in Miami and spent three weeks in jail. And in her final years, Ruiz lived in a townhouse right here in West Palm Beach with one of her cohorts from her drug bust. She had religiously avoided reporters and at least until the year 2000 still said that she won the Boston Marathon. Here's the race announcer. A, she didn't look like a runner. B, she was wearing a very heavy top that was not covered in sweat. And I don't know why she thought she could beat it. But then she ended up spending the rest of her life running away from it. Ruiz died of cancer at the age of 66 on July 8th, 2019, just two years ago, in Lake Worth Beach. And that's the way it is. Thursday, April 24th, 1980, the 173rd day of captivity for the American hostages in Iran. This is Walter Cronkite, CBS News. Well, that's when news was really news. And that wraps up this episode of Full Rigor. Make sure that you download, subscribe, give me five stars and eight thumbs up and check me out on Instagram at Full Rigger Podcast. Until next time, thanks for joining me.